Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, DC, it's your world. A-Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, everything is good, Press. What's happening? Man, I'm still over here in my champagne haze, fellas. I'm in that champagne haze. Hey, you not alone. <laughs> what Chance say? He said, had champagne for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure did. Chance said a lot of shit. Uh, A-Dub and I, we were out there. Chance got lit on stage, bro. He got lit. <laughs> hey, man, Chance is funny, man. <laughs> swag surf, man. They had me over there swag surfing with him, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And listen, before we get into this thing, shout out to our Chicago Sky, the WNBA World Champions for 2021. Salute to you women, staff, ownership, everybody involved, even Chance the Rapper, their mascot, unofficial. Absolutely. Congratulations. Congratulations, ladies. And I think we called it. You know, if we go back through the archives, we've been given, you know, let's let's throw some flowers on us for a second. Okay, bring it. Sky props months now. And you know what? I ain't saying we a prophet or nothing. I'm not saying nobody's a prophet on the show. But hey, you heard it here first. Chicago State of Mind. And you know what, DC? I'm co-signing that because not only have we been following and repping this team the whole time. When you guys look at this episode, see whose logo's on that podcast cover. You talk to us about how many other podcasts out there to rep their teams like that. You let me know, because I don't think many. Hey, you right about that, uh, Perez, man. We've been repping these young ladies, man, and they've been holding it down, and they brought home the crown. Yes, sir. Big time, big time. Underdog story right there. Finished 16-16, and 16, comes back all, all the way through the finals, not just to the finals, through the finals. So congratulations, ladies. Well, audience, before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You can join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. You can find the Crave It app on Apple and Android applications. So our brother A-Dub here, he wanted to talk about the Cubs' new GM, Carter Hawkins. And also, he wanted us to elaborate on the fact that Tony LaRusso is coming back for the 2022 season. Audience, we're going to get into those things next week because I don't really care about that shit right now. I want to talk to y'all about the Chicago Sky, and I want to talk to y'all about the other things that are going on. So, fellas, let's talk about these Sky. So we gave them their flowers. We gave ourselves flowers because we definitely been riding with these ladies all season. But we got to talk about the catalyst for what made this championship happen. Now, everybody talks about the Candace Parker move with her coming here from L.A., which we're going to definitely get back into that because we've talked about that a lot. But I think, fellas, if you really have to look at that Elena Deladon trade that happened back in 2017, when they made that trade and they traded her to the Mystics at that time, and what do we bring back? We got back Kalia Copper, and we got back Stephanie Dolson in that trade. Now, people made fun of the Chicago Sky with that trade because we were trading away an all-star. Elena Deladon went on with the Mystics, and she won the championship. Everybody was thinking, hey, Chicago Sky, what the hell were they doing? But these key pieces that I talked about in that trade, Kalia Copper, the MVP, which we're going to get into a little bit later in the show, Stephanie Dolson, just a proven veteran in this league. Those are pieces that you're adding with an Allie Quigley, right? With a Courtney Vandersloot. And you're bringing Candace Parker in here. I'm going to say it. That's like DC's Jambalaya. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> spicy early, I see, Prince. We're getting spicy early. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's stir it up. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. That trade reshaped the path and the direction of this franchise, uh, along with Coach Wade coming in 2019. You know what? Elena Deladon, I would have loved for her to be a part of the Sky's first championship, but I'm happy with the outcome. I'll take this championship 10 times out of 10. With the trade and everything else that went down and how we built this team up. I mean, Khalil Copper, that press talked about the MVP. We saw the growth in her, right? We saw the growth in other players on this team as well uh, with Quigley and what she does well with shooting the three. And this team just really just gelled together. So, guys, I'm with you both. I'm happy about this win here. And the final piece of the puzzle is Coach Wade coming in here. So when he was hired as not only the head coach but the GM, we see that our basically our stock went up. You know, we made the playoffs. And he was the one that got on the call. You heard him during the rally. He was the one that was making that phone call to Candace. What is he going to take to bring you back home? What did she say to him, guys? <laughs> I'm not going to pull a Stacey King and pull out no golden pipes, but I'm coming home. I'm yes, coming. Sir. Yes, sir. I'm coming home. That's what she said. Yes, sir. Thank you, Candace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We, we, I can't thank her enough because we talked about it on previous pods. Think about the other homegrown legends that came out of Chicago or the Chicagoland area. None of them have come back home and led this city to a title. She was the first. We thought Pooh was going to do it. He almost did it, but Candace did. She did it, yo. You know, it's interesting when I heard her speak about when she decided to come back to Chicago, she was on Inside the NBA on TNT talking to, like, with D. Wade and Shaq, and she talked about her conversation with D. Wade before she came here to accept coming back home and how he gave her some good pointers and tips about the land, you know, about how it is playing in Chicago. So hopefully that helped. But the point is, we got her here. And she came here, Perez, like you and D.C. Sam, and she delivered. That's what we want to see from people that are from Chicago, and we be forever grateful for her and what she accomplished. I'm just proud of her. I mean, think about how she talked about the fact that she wanted her daughter to actually get to know her family. She's been in L.A. for 13 years. That was all that time out there in La La Land. Her daughter didn't even really know her grandparents or her, you know, uncles and, and, you know, cousins and things of that nature. So when I heard that just from a human aspect of things, I'm like, this was just like the perfect storm of bringing her back. It was like all worlds collided. It just basically made it the perfect storm to bring her back home. Yeah, I remember at the rally, Coach Wade joking around about, you know, sending her some Portillo's or something. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. I, I've I've been a fan of of Italian beefs a lot lately. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was telling somebody today I was giving them a lift and like, hey, you know, Portillo's will change your life. You might want to ship some out to Hawaii, but <laughs> come to that. Thank God it did not come to that uh, because, as you said, Prez, family was important. Her roots are in Naperville, mm-hmm. just right outside of Chicago. You know, she is homegrown, special. You know what I mean? So, man, like this, this was the, you know, if we want to talk about Jambalaya, I'm saying she was the base. She was, she was what you need, man. She's like, she, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew. I already knew. <laughs> I think when we think back on this game, right? So, I mean, and I, and I can't lie and say that I even watched the game. You know why? Because I was at the Bears Packers game. And we're going to give you thoughts on that a little bit later on in the show. A-Dub and I had to record another podcast. I didn't actually get to watch the game until later on that night after it already happened. So I wanted to watch it and kind of take it in for myself. Shout out to Allie Quigley, fellas. Once again, big shot Allie, local girl from Joliet, made it happen out there. She don't get enough credit. You know, she gets lost in the sauce because we talk about Candace so much. We even talk about our wife, Courtney Vandersloot, a lot. We talk about Kalia Copper a lot. But don't forget about Allie Quigley. She's one of those holdovers, and that girl can shoot the fucking rock. I mean, she helped keep us in that game, man, with her big game that she had. I'll tell you, this is one of those teams where I can say it's a total team effort. Yep. I mean, everyone did their part. You hit on the head, Perez. Quigley done her part. Copper done her part. Parker done her part. It's like everyone chipped in and did what they do best to help this team win. And all I can do is salute to that because you think about total teams, this is what you want to see, where everyone playing their role. So win the chip. Yeah, and we, we're going to talk about poetic justice because Allie Quigley 
A lot of people don't know she started her career in Phoenix and then to come full circle to win it with her wife in Chicago. Like that's, that's big. That's, that's big time right there. That is big. That is big. And she did start her career there. And I mean, (laughs) let's think about this, right? So when I had, I did the rewatch of the game, I was looking at, I'm like, okay, they were down about nine down 11 points there, but the poise, they stay with it. These ladies in the playoffs, and I told you guys on the last couple episodes, they played their best ball at the right time of the season. And that's all that matters in the playoffs. But they stayed with the Mercury. The Mercury never got too far away from them. And then down the stretch, Sloop, doing what Sloop does best. I mean, that she was just dishing that rock, getting people open looks. I mean, damn, dude, I was so excited watching that ball game. It was so awesome to watch that firsthand and seeing Candace Parker running over to her parents crying, tears in our eyes, just happy, smiling ear to ear. That's what it's all about, man. It's just amazing. In Chicago, we haven't experienced a championship in a while. I know the Cubs won theirs, but when I think about the championship, man, for me, football and basketball, those are the championships that I savor and I miss, and it was nice that we got one here, courtesy of Candace Parker and the Chicago Sky. Now I want to piggyback on one of the things you kind of went down that path on was about that game. And I got to give Candace Parker a lot of credit for that game, Chris, because she kept the team, you know, together. You know, she showed a lot of leadership. She was telling everybody to calm down. We still in. We're not too far out of this year. We can come back. So she kept that team together. She made big shots, too, when the time came. And then you hit one about Sloop, man. I can't lie to you, Chris. That going to the bucket fadeaway shot that she made, yes, sir. I was like, damn. I'm like, Whoa. That's big time. Those are one of the plays you're going to keep seeing played for us over and over. You think about highlights, right? When they come out of big game moments. And I was like, man, that was a huge moment. But yeah, Sloop been great all season. She held it down. He had a good point for us. It's always good to see a championship when it comes to basketball, man. I love it. Absolutely, A-Dub. And Courtney Vandersloop, really what she did in these playoffs is put on a master class of how to play the point guard position. I mean, when you think about it, she just dissected her opponents Mm -hmm. surgically. It was a beautiful thing to watch. And Candace Parker, to touch back on her for one second, when you think about how sweet winning a championship is, this one had to be the most sweetest because, again, it is in front of her hometown or, you know, just, just local area product. And Diana Taurasi, who was by the fans as the GOAT, the greatest of all time in the WNBA, Candace beat her. So now what does that say about Candace? Uh, We we need to put her in that conversation. I agree. Speaking of Diana Taurasi, somebody better send her the bill for that fucking door that she damaged. (laughs) They brought that shit to the rally, too. I was like, nice. And it's a Twitter account for the Sky's Broken Door, by the way. Should follow. This pretty funny uh, tweets out there on that one. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure what Diana Tarasi was doing there. I thought she was very frustrated. Uh, but it is what it is. And we took it to them, man. You all hit about the people we went against. I mean, Brittany Griner, right? She's also great, too, a great player as well, along with Diana Tarasi. And we beat her, too. So it's like, hey, we didn't go against, you know, that we all talk about. We didn't go against a bad team. We against a great one. And we won the ship against them. But, the man, this team together, friends, it just shows you how great this team is. I mean, you talked about, a lot of players are on the team. Think about Dawson, the big shot she made down the stretch, friends, in that game to help seal it. And that came off some great passes from Slew. It's like this team here, man, just got that DNA, that winning DNA, man. And it's possible that this team could possibly win again next season. It really is. They're a championship-caliber team. Dude, I, I love that. because, And you know what? I think that you're right about that. Now, I want to piggyback on something that you said about Dolson because I don't think yeah. she got enough credit in this game. Not only that basket that she scored, but who was the one that was boxing out Griner? Who was the one that right. kept Griner from getting any boards? Griner didn't have a single offensive board in that game. Griner 6'9". All that is is passion, Dolson boxing her out and going toe-to-toe with her. And they had some battles that have been going on, not only just in the WNBA, but dating back to their college days when Baylor and, and UConn used to go head up with each other. Tulsa does not get enough credit. And I'm telling you, I love the physical play and how she went head to head with Brittany Griner. 
that's the one thing that a lot of people don't recognize in the WNBA. These ladies be playing physical, man. We talk about the guys playing physical. Hey, look, watch these ladies. They get down and dirty, man. They on the floor. They boxing out. They're playing tough. They're playing physical. Look, this is what you like to see in a playoff game, no matter it's women or men. Man, you hit the nail on the head right there, A-Dub. And, you know, a lot of guys in the NBA, truth be told, can learn a thing or two about these ladies. They were scrappy. They fought every single possession. And, man, like, it's, it's infectious. It's contagious. I agree wholeheartedly about some of these guys in the NBA can learn something about hustle, can learn a little something about passion of the game. Because I'm going to tell you, the WNBA game that I enjoyed when we were kids with the Cynthia Coopers and the Cheryl Swoops, it's a different ball game now. I love the evolution of the game. That move that Kalia Copper had on the breakaway, that was so fucking sweet. I mean, I've seen Woo. a lot of men play, and I'm like, I ain't seen them having no moves like that. So it's time that we start just looking at this WNBA as just basketball and stop, like, painting it against what the guys are doing. Fuck all that. These women right. are out there playing their asses off, putting it on the line. In fact, like I said, I think a lot of times they play even harder than what we see from those guys out there. Kalia Copper, the MVP, did you see how scrappy she was in that series? How she was going head up on defense? How she was going at Diana Taurasi, the quote-unquote GOAT? She wasn't afraid of her. Not at all, Press. And that's what I want to give Coach Wade a lot of credit for because he was like, hey, you matched up with Diana Taurasi. I think he could contain her. And I'll tell you, man, Copper did a good job, like you're saying, Perez, at guarding her. And I was like, this is what you want to see. Legends go against a legend. Well, someone wants to become one, right? Like Copper on our way up, right? She's a superstar, in my opinion. But she wanted to take on that challenge. And she done well. She held it down. She's the MVP. She's the MVP for a reason. And she was in there getting boards and scoring as well, Perez. So, man, she played amazing. And those boards were key. North Philly's finest. Dude, North yeah, man. And she at DC, she has that Philly grind all over. Even the way she <laughs> carries it, boy, I was like, okay, <laughs> I see you, Kalia. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that passion, press, she's all in lady's face on the floor. I'm like, hey, look, Khalil Copper is nothing to be played with. That lady brings it. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Doug, this team definitely could win the championship next year. I like what uh, Coach Wade said, you know, remember your seat because you're going to be sitting in it again next year. When he said that at the rally, I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Keep that same energy. Shit. I think that should be the that should be the rally call all season. All <laughs> season. Shit, remember your seat. Remember your seat. <laughs> I like that, Perez. I do. Now, season ticket holders out there win trust you know like let's 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 make it a thing like let's 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 make sure we support these ladies next year because they're going to be the defending champions and i know this year they got started off to a slow start but man let's go out and support them as soon as next season kicks back up again and i don't even care if people call you a bandwagon jumper for doing it just do that shit they deserve it it's a great product me and A-Dub could tell you, we had a blast out there. We went to a couple games this season, and we looked around, and we were like, man, why aren't more people here? Well, I guarantee you next season they ain't going to have that problem. They should not have that problem next season, Perez. Hey, these women are the champs. They showed it. Hey, they worth your support. So get out there, check them out next season. Because games three and four was a sellout, and they sold out a game when the Bears and Packers were playing on the other side of town. Say that. So that shows you how they got people out there. I'm talking about traffic wasn't even bad that day, too. I ain't going to lie. I was like, where everybody at? They had the game, friends. They had that game, man. <laughs> but we talked about Brittany Griner a little bit. Now, we know going into this series that she was going to be that focal point on offense. And one of the things that I thought the reason why the Chicago Sky were able to pull this game out, and you guys probably saw this, too, the way they ended up trapping Brittany Griner in that second half, they kept her from getting good looks. They kept her from being comfortable. Because in that first half, she was cooking. She 18. She was making it look easy. That second half, it was a whole totally different game. And I give Coach Wade props for that because he made those adjustments in that second half. Yes, Coach Wade did. In addition to what you were saying there, Perez, you had Stevens, you had Dolson, both of them putting bodies on Brandon, yep. like trying to wear her down. Like, look, we can't let her keep cooking us like this here. At some point, this young lady going to get tired, you know? And we're sending double teams as well. So you're right, Coach Wade wasn't playing around, man. He was like, hey, I want this win. We're going after this young lady. Yeah, that was the key. Slow Brittany Griner down. 
And they successfully accomplished that. And you got to really take a look at it, too. Like, Coach Wade made some critical and controversial moves throughout the season, um, but they proved to be, you know, worth it. They proved to be worthy. And just look at how, just look at how they kicked up their defensive intensity. It's it's remarkable. So definitely, definitely big shout out. And I know I've already given a shout out to James Wade, but I got to give him another one. (laughs) Third African-American coach in WNBA history to win the championship. That man deserves his flowers too. Salute to you, Coach Wade. Salute, Coach Wade. You earned it. You deserve it. That's right. Great job. And my other point on him, and you guys probably noticed this as well, he allows other voices in the huddle. He doesn't have that ego of most coaches where they're like, shut up. There's only one voice in the huddle. He'll be drawing up a play, and you'll hear Candace Parker going over his shoulder, giving out orders and commands to the ladies on the team. That also shows you how he's working in tandem with her. They have a partnership. And it's almost like, to me, when I see her out there, she's like a co-coach, in my opinion. That's deep right there, Prez. You are so accurate with that, bro. Uh, that's what was happening, for sure. I mean, we saw time and time out how Candace Parker was actually working with the team, getting them together, talking with them, even doing timeouts. You know, Coach Wade would sit back and let Candace Parker handle things. And we also saw Candace Parker also working the official crew. She's working them, too, you know? So yeah. it's like, you know, with Coach Wade, like, look, I'm going to let this young lady do her thing, man. She's a leader on this team. She's earning their respect. She got a championship already. She came on this team here to also show some of that, you know, same intensity that she had in the past. So, hey, she proved to us that, hey, she can handle it. As far as the WNBA goes, Candace Parker is my GOAT. So when you see her on that sideline and she is, she's taking command, okay? She's letting not only her teammates know, but the officiating crew, the the opposition, her opponent, she's letting them know, like, I'm here and and, and we ain't going nowhere. You know, if, if we need to get this rebound, we need to get this rebound. Like, she's she's very vocal. And I'm just proud to see her go from, from that young lady at Tennessee to coming into the league, you know, uh, next to Lisa Leslie. I know we talked about that on the last episode. But, you know, just just young, fresh, like, just, just I'm glad to be in the moment to now she is the top dog. Like, mm-hmm. you got to go through her. And it's beautiful to see the maturation unfold. And the rest of the league's got to come to Chicago because the championship resides here. And fellas, we're going to be in the building for that home opener. 2022, Chicago State of Mind will be in the building at Wintrust. I want to see them get that championship, the rings. I want to see that banner go up to the top of Wintrust. And I'm sorry, DePaul, Wintrust is not your stadium. Sorry. (laughs) Hey, look, I'm with you, brother. It's going to be awesome us attending that game, man. It's going to be great. A great atmosphere. It's just good to see them bring up that banner. All right, man. Now, on the flip side of what we saw on Sunday, so we had one team that made us all proud, then we had another team that just continues to show us who they are. Shout out to you, Denny Gray. Rest in peace. So, fellas, the Bears lose again to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers was talking that good shit. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this game. Just high-level what do you think, you know, about this team right now? What, what were some of your thoughts or biggest takeaways from this ball game? I think my biggest takeaway from this ball game is that we saw the difference in two quarterbacks. We saw a rookie on the rise, and we saw a legend that's already there. That made a big difference. I personally feel that this was to be expected. We're coming off of a nice previous few weeks with Justin Fields ascending, but you know, ultimately, you are going to have to go up against that guy you're going to have to be thrown. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest that the game has ever seen. So the Green Bay Packers have had their way with Chicago for a very long time. And unfortunately, it continues, but not for long. Yeah, we'll, we'll have our time. So, Aaron, you can be all with your chest poked out and, and talking that shit. But listen, we're going to get the last laugh. You know, it's people out there, they thinking that's just cute and all that bullshit. We don't care because we got Justin Fields here. It's only a matter of time before he gets this ship on the right track. And Bears fans, it's going to be sweet when we on the opposite end of the spectrum and they got to sit up here and deal with Jordan Love throwing picks. So it's all, <laughs> it's all fun and games for Green Bay now. 
But the same thing that make you laugh and make you cry, motherfuckers. Hey, talk that phrase. I'm with you there, baby. Oh, yeah. Our time is coming, man. I'm not worried. Even when we lost this game, Perez, you and I can see, we talked a little bit about this on DBE. We kind of saw these guys or our team show that, hey, we're not that far off. Our guy's on his way. So, hey, look, time is of essence here. So, just a matter of time before we take that um, ham. Let's not forget, we were still banged up. You know, we're missing some key guys. And early in that first half, man, the Bears were hanging right there with them. You know, the game got away from them in the second half. So, this could have had a different outcome, if healthy. Just saying. Well, so yeah, we I mean, we we kind of went into it on DBE. I mean, there was a there was an opportunity there where the Bears could have bust the game open. They had that missed offsides call, and Justin took a chance, threw the ball down the field, which when I watched the film later this week, I kind of had a different opinion of it than what I shared on the show with our audience. At the time, I was like, hey, I like Justin's aggressiveness of doing that, but when I saw it on tape, I said, you know, he's got to be sure that that's an actual penalty because I know when Aaron Rodgers makes those plays, when he takes the deep shot after he sees and confirms that a flag's down on the ground, when he sees that encroachment penalty happen, that's what you got to do in that moment. You can't just take the ball and just say, fuck it, and just throw it all the way down the field because that right there to me was the play that took the momentum away and it changed our fucking fortress because everything went downhill after that point. That was a huge point there. He also did that same thing twice. Just threw the ball long and looked like, looked, looked like he got careless with it. Be that guy that's accurate. It's kind of like the first game I really saw the kid kind of get a little flustered, which I haven't seen from him. Yeah, I think, though, in the first half, he might have been a little shaky, but I saw a lot of progression from Justin Fields in that, in that second half of the game. I just wish that we would have saw that in the first half and we would have probably won the ball game. Possibility. Possibility there, Perez. So I was going to ask you guys, when you looked at not even just this game, but what do you think is holding this offense back? Because something's missing. And I know we don't have Montgomery right now. Damian Williams has been out. But we've still been able to run the football. So I don't think that's been as much of an issue with us on offense. But there's something there that's holding us back right now. What do you guys think that is? I think personally, when it comes down to the Bears, they caught up in a dilemma in a way with the offensive line, right? How well it can protect the quarterback, which we talked about that before, Perez. But also with the growth of your boy, you know, can he continue to make progression there? And how far are they winning as an offensive coordinator who's going in place to let off the training wheels? Because that's a big part of it as well. You want to keep this guy out of trouble, right? You don't want to hurt your franchise quarterback, but at the same time, you want to let him lose too. So there's a balancing act there when it comes down to that part of it, and you can't really get your offensive passing game in a better place when you got all those things and ingredients that you're worried about. For me, I want to see Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet utilize a little bit better. That's another thing that we we brought up. Like, where are the tight ends? Like, we we finally saw Cole commit being utilized in the game on Sunday. But where's that been? It took you six weeks of the season to realize that Cole commit should be getting the ball in the middle of the field? Like, what are right. we doing? And where's Jimmy Graham? He's got one catch on the season. Whew. That is tough, Fred. really tough. And you already talked about him already making a lot of money. <laughs> um the guy making that kind of money should be getting passes. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. Yeah. Should be targeted yeah. for sure. <laughs> you know, so that's tough not seeing that occur. But you're right, man. That's something that the offense got to really figure out with Bill Lazor. I know it's only been a few games for him calling plays, but we're going to see if this team is going to progress onto him, Perez, when calling plays and getting these guys more involved. You know, it was great that you talked about on TV with getting the Titans involved. Finally, Cole commit. Can that continue? Can it get better? That's the goal we want to see. That's the challenge. Yeah, and also, too, one thing that I just thought about when you guys were sharing uh, your takes, how about the penalties on offense? That's holding us back because it's like that two steps forward, two steps back bullshit. Yes. You'll have a delay a game. You'll have offsides. You'll have a holding call. They got to clean that shit up because I think that that's hurting them, too, right now. Third and 15 ain't going to work for um, uh, Justin Fields. You're asking for a lot now, right? We're not in a good position to, you know, throw it short, right? We got to make perfect plays now because of that. So you're right. Those pennies add up, man. It just shows, slow you down big time. It messes up the rhythm of the offense, and that plays a big part. One other thing to just that I want you guys to ponder. So I was doing a little bit of film breakdown because, you know, we got to prepare for our preview pod episode that we're going to do tomorrow for DBE. And I was looking at the fact that the Bears have been bringing in extra blockers to just try to make sure that they're protecting Justin Fields. I think another thing that's holding this offense back right now, guys, is the fact that when you're bringing in extra people to come in and block, that limits Justin Fields' options in the passing game. 
So now he's got limited people that are running routes that he's going to be able to make a play with. And that was something that I saw over and over again on tape in that Packers game. And I think that's something that we're going to have to really make sure that we're giving Justin Fields targets. Those wide receivers got to get fucking open, man. There was not a lot of separation from those wideouts. Mooney, A-Rob, Bird, catch the fucking ball, Bird. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to calm down. <laughs> it is. We got to do more. We got to help this kid out. Because when I look at this offense, I look at the fact that the offense is letting Justin Fields down. The coaching staff is letting him down. They need to take the training wheels off of the kid. Let's just fucking go. Let's just go. A lot of that, too. You got you to gotta put on Justin Fields as well, just from the standpoint of if I'm Justin Fields, I got to say, you know what? This is my time to shine. I'm QB1. I feel like we need to do X, Y, and Z. Go to Bill Lazor. Go to Matt Nagy and, and, and start to exercise your voice a little bit. I mean, like we just talked about Candace Parker does it. And I know Justin Fields is a rookie, but we know he is the guy. I feel like he's earned that right. And I think even with that part of it, you know, we got to play. I know, Prez, you and I talked about this before, man, about playing to the strengths of the players, right? The strengths of Justin Fields, the strength of these receivers. How can we make them more effective? Because A-Rob was a goon last season. Doesn't look quite that this season, right, based upon how we're calling things and how we're playing as a unit. Money Moon should be on his way up, you know, to that next step. And so far, that hasn't looked that way. Cole commit the same way, right? So something is going on when these guys are expecting to do better this season, and they're actually not. Not because they own right, but because of how things are being called, play calling, et cetera. These things start to add up now. So we got to put all these guys in position to be successful. Like I've said a couple different times to both of you guys, different quarterback, same result, because we got the same scheme, the same offense, and the same bald-headed fucking coach that meddles. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm disagreeing. When you got Justin Fields with that type of athletic ability, you got to turn him loose. Like, what are we doing? Agreed. That's what, it, to me, that's what it's all about. So hopefully we see a different offense against the Bucs because we're going to need it. You're not going to score 14 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and think you're going to beat that team. Nah, nah. Ain't going to happen. And you're going to work out your defense at that point. <laughs> that means our defense got exhausted playing that style. And just come out and hit him in the mouth. You know, like, be, play a little bit more freer to start off the game. You know what I mean? Like, what else do you have to lose except losing the game itself? And you're going up against Tom Brady. So just, you know, don't, don't get swallowed by the moment. Go out there and, and just, just have fun. Remember, it's football. You know, Justin Fields is, is going to make this thing go. But we got to trust him to make this thing go. Facts. Facts yeah. there. Well, audience. We're going to get to our final segment here. So as you guys all know, the Chicago Bulls had their season opener tonight against the Detroit Pistons. This is something that you, all of us on this show have been looking forward to and waiting on. You all know how I feel about Detroit. Fuck Detroit. Kate Cunningham, their prized rookie, was out for this game today. He's missed pretty much the whole preseason with an ankle injury. So I would have loved to have actually seen him in this matchup. Didn't happen. We'll see you next time, kid. But the Bulls win tonight. On the road, big time game. Want to get you guys' thoughts pregame before we get into like what actually happened with the with the game tonight. Pre-game, I was excited. I'm driving down I-55. I had to get poetic for a second. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Like, man, when when God made Zach Levine, <laughs> <laughs> there be flight. I was excited, man. I was excited because I knew that. Tonight in Detroit, the Bulls were going to come out and send a message to the league. It's game one. Game one of 82, and they did that. But pregame, I wasn't as, as nervous and, you know, uneasy as I have been in previous years. Like, eh, this could go either way. No, no <laughs> problem. I knew the Bulls were walking out of Little Caesars Arena with a slice of W. Nice. Well played. Man, Prez, D.C., I was excited because I saw how these guys play in preseason games, right? We knew about the new additions, all that stuff, right? But we got a chance to get a glimpse of them, how they looked in preseason. And the fact that they played very well together, I was excited for this first game. I'm like, man, I want to see these guys now in a regular season game. So the buildup was there for me just to see the anticipation that, hey, these guys are hungry. So it was just good to get it, get ready, and prepare myself for that game. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I was excited, man. I was like, all day at work today, I was like, let me get my shit done so I can be posted up and ready at 6 p.m. So I was able to get that game in and watch the whole entire game. And I can't tell y'all the last time I watched an entire Bulls game. It wasn't last season. It was so many times last season. I get it to about a quarter and a half of the game. Like, man, fuck this. I got better shit to do. I'm going to go wash my goddamn hair. (laughs) (laughs) But tonight, though, I watched that whole damn thing. It's a DC's point. Zach Levine. My God. That was a gift. And I know people here, Bulls fans, they'll say, oh, man, I wish we never gave up Jimmy. Well, DC can attest for this. There was no love lost with me and one Jimmy Butler. I was not sad when they traded that man out of town. And I'm going to tell you, I love Zach Levine and what he brings to this ball club because Jimmy was a little too alpha, too little Hollywood for me. Zach don't play it like that. Zach look like the coolest motherfucker. Like, dude, Zach look like you could kick it with him and it'd be cool. Jimmy, it's almost like you couldn't even sit in the same room with him and his fucking ego. But I digress there. I love Zach Levine. I love that he's on this team. Fellas, get him. I was thoroughly impressed. Allow me to explain. Because early in this game, the Bulls were frustrated. Vucevic missed. I I couldn't count how many easy looks at the basket that he missed. DeMar DeRozan was was steady. Lonzo, I would have liked to seen a little bit more taking reins of, of the offense a little bit. But earlier on, they were frustrated. But when I say I was impressed, I was impressed because they played through it. And in previous years, you were not seeing that from the Chicago Bulls team. Zach was patient. Zach has gotten frustrated a lot in previous seasons as well. Zach was patient. He exploded in the third quarter. And I think you guys know about that dunk I'm talking about when he came down the lane. He fell out of my way. Man, let me tell you, this level of defensive output, it's got me feeling like the Bulls can finish top five defensively in this league, which would put them in some pretty good company and, and sniffing a championship. Mm. Call crazy. Say what you want. Say, oh, DC don't know what he's talking about. But no, I saw a team. I don't give a damn if they are the Detroit Pistons. They held them to 88 points. Unlike the Lakers, who gave up 115, 117 last night. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Talk your shit, bro. Talk your shit. I hear you there, brother, loud and clear. When I watched this game, Prez, DC, I know it was a couple things. You're right. We can play through adversity, for sure, no doubt. But the thing is, this team, like you said, gets gritty defensively. They play hard. The only knock on them defensively was that they didn't rotate like they're supposed to at times, but they still brought the effort. They were looking to clean up things. They didn't shoot well as a unit, but they were willing to fight through that process that DC mentioned. The one thing I noticed late in that game was that it was already defined on who was going to be the guy to take us home. I saw DeRozan taking shots right late. I said, cool. I saw Zach Levine get involved in that late. I was like, cool. At least we defined that, hey, we got two guys who's willing to take over this game when need be in critical moments. And I thought in my eyes, watching Zach Levine, this guy has grown up before our eyes. This guy's there. This guy's ready. I mean, he was an um, you know, all-star last year. He has proven that he's going to take that to the next level. And I'll say this here. I'm going to go out on a limb. If the Bulls continue to win games like this and even win more games down the road for sure, Zach Levine might be an MVP candidate. Ooh, okay. Spicy. You poured a little something on that jambalaya, I see. Okay. All right, talk your shit, A-Dub. <laughs> A-Dub's red hot. I like it. <laughs> That's a red hot take, but I'm here for it. Now, this one thing, fellas, when I thought about this game, right, and that first half of the game, they were pretty raggedy on offense. I'm not even going to lie to you. She was right. a little bit out of sync, sloppy, and whatnot. Now, one of the things that I thought, though, is the Pistons' defense let up a little bit there in that second quarter. That's when you started seeing Zach and Vooch. They started to heat up. They made them pay. Now, this is the one thing that we've talked about so much on this show, is that combination between those two and that two-man game. And that's going to be something that's going to be really exciting to see all season long because – they have a nice little nonverbal communication between the two of them. And you can just tell on certain plays, Vooch will just be ready and set up. Zach finds him, boom, bucket, all day, right? Second takeaway that I have from that first half of the game, Zach Levine's jump shot. That thing is Ooh. just cash, man, just cash. Damn. Money he makes it bank. look so easy. That's money in the bank right there. The yes. bank is open on Sunday. 
telling you. <laughs> <laughs> direct deposit. We should start calling Zach direct deposit because that shit is in there. Hey, you you just did it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you just did it, my man. But I also have to take this opportunity now to talk about some things from the game that I didn't necessarily like. Jeremy Grant, he was going after Pat Williams. I think Pat Williams is going to have a lesson that he's going to learn from tonight's matchup because Jeremy Grant, anytime he saw Pat Williams on him, he saw green light and he just was going at him. I hope that Pat Williams learns from this game because I'm telling you, he was getting baptized out there. Yeah, absolutely, Prez. I hope you learn from it too. Uh, the kid looks like he still got some things that he needs to learn and grow from, and this is the kind of game that can help him get there. But one of the things I thought that also I didn't like about this game, and you guys may have tested this too, I didn't like the officiating crew at times. I mean, they were calling soft fouls. I mean, I, I saw that one with Zach Levine going to the cup press, and he kind of gave dude the body like, hey, get in the weight room, homie. Laid it up. Referee called an offensive foul. I said, come on, man. You, you got to call it fairly both ways. But, you know, that part of the game I always hate anyway. But other than that piece of it, press, I did see some growth with our young guys. I saw Io out there. He made some yes, big sir. shots at times. But I also saw him missing some easy stuff, right? A little bit too aggressive. You know, want to make a move because he's still adjusting to the speed of the game, as you can see. So right. that probably got to him a little bit. So you, you do still see some little rust on some of the young guys, you know, who are still learning and growing. I think they're going to be fine throughout the season. They continue to get playing time. But to know. that point, but to that point with Ayo, real quick, he brought some of that juice though in that fourth quarter. Go ahead, DC. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A Dub, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up those two points. Uh, first on Ayo, man, I liked Billy Donovan's choice right here because he could have went he could have went in a different direction you notice Troy Brown Jr. didn't really get in there. He, he he chose to uh to go back to go with Io right and I came in there fearless yeah he got a smack <laughs> you know to your point <laughs> in the game but man he came out there and showed along with Alex Caruso that hey you know we ain't going nowhere we want this and that's a level of intensity, you know, R.I.P. Norm Van Leer, that 48 minutes of intensity, that's Sir. what we haven't seen. And then to your point, too, A-Dub, about the officials, man, that's, that's big boy basketball. You know, we're going to have to learn how to ignore those guys because we're not always going to get those calls. And right. I'm, I'm kind of glad they let them play a little bit because we all know Bulls Pistons. That's a historic rivalry right there. So let's get that little juice kicked up again. <laughs> Fuck Detroit. <laughs> hey, so so real quick, though, I, I, I got to give a shout-out to one guy on the Pistons that he kind of impressed me a little bit, and that was that Bay. Was it Sadiq Bay? Yeah. Bay. Dude, if DeMar DeRozan didn't know who he was going into this game, he sure in the fuck better know who he is now because that dude did a nice little job on him, man, in that first half. Now, DeMar still got his, but I thought Bay did a really good job on defense on DeRozan. Man, he did. He stayed disciplined, prayers, contested shots when he needs to. I was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Use your height, you know, use your length, you know, and play straight up. So, yeah, who else to him? Yeah, Sadiq Bay, hats off to you. I got to air out a little grievance with is Kelly Olenek. He was out there doing some, man, like I <sighs> – Almost, almost dove through that TV screen, man. I'm telling, I'm telling you, Kelly Olynyk. I have not liked him when he was a Celtic. I have not liked <laughs> style when he was uh, with Miami. Like Kelly Olynyk, I mean, good for you, Detroit. You got you your Bill Lambeer of the 20th century. <laughs> but next time we see them on Saturday, we gotta go with Kelly Olynyk. Let him know early. A hell of a point there, DC. Because I've never liked that guy either, especially when he was with the Celtics. He just was a punk, and he's the same <laughs> shit there in Detroit. But you know what? He's on the right team for that nonsense, because fuck all of them, dude. I fucking hate Detroit, dude. I hate them. And I want to kick that rivalry off. There's probably going to be some people from Detroit that's going to listen to this show. I want all the smoke. <laughs> Let me tell you guys one thing real quickly, Prince. Detroit is not a rival for us, man. I don't think they're going to be that good. I think we're going to be far better. So I can't say this team right here is going to give us a hell of a competition down the road. You ask me. But anyhow, if it becomes a rivalry, good for us. We'll have to see it rejuvenated, but I just don't see it. Right well, we'll see. I'll never I'll never say what will and won't be a rivalry. You never know. The NBA is, is strange, and they do got Kay Cunningham, uh, you know, sitting there on the bench. So you never know what will end up coming from this. But. One thing I do want to say that I really thought was like a key turnaround point in this game was defensively in that second half. 
Lonzo Ball, now I know that the people had a lot of gripes about him offensively tonight, but I thought Lonzo Ball on defense today, when there was somebody on the Pistons that was starting to kind of heat up, Lonzo Ball was getting switched under that person, and what Lonzo do? Shut, Shut that ass down. Shut that shit down. Hit them with that Onyx shit. So that's something in his game that we don't talk enough about, don't give him enough credit for. That's huge. One of you guys brought up Caruso earlier. That man had to play the game. That steal when he made there in the fourth quarter. Huge play. Also, Caruso. When he fouls somebody, he fucking fouls somebody. Ain't going to be none <laughs> of that ticky-tack bullshit. When he fouls you, you ain't getting no shot off. And that's an element that we did not have on this team last year. And that is something that's going to really bode well when in the fourth quarter. You saw, D.C., and you talked about it. He's closing out that game in that fourth quarter. You saw that. Yeah, the rotations. Yeah. We saw we saw fresh looks of the, of the rotation tonight, like a glimpse of what we're going to see down the line. I mean, we even saw Patrick Williams at the five, subbing out for Vooch for a little yep. bit more distance. And, and, and to your point about Lonzo, Lonzo switched off on uh, Jeremy Grant. That's 6'6". Six, six. Like, Jeremy Grant had a, had, a, had a very, very tough shot. Lonzo contested that very, very well. And, you know... It's not like we got Chris Paul down there. Chris Paul's all-time great, but he took the Phoenix Suns to the finals last year, and he's only six feet. Lonzo's a legit 6'6". Patrick Williams, a legit 6'7". Could be 6'8", 6'9". I mean, Patrick Williams got some physicality to him. But Mm -hmm. that defensive unit to close out that game with Caruso on the floor, that was needed. Yeah, man. When you're not shooting well, right? and you still play good defense, you can stay in games. And this is what this team kind of taught me, that, hey, no matter what, how they shoot, they're going to play defense. And we talk about Alex Caruso and what he brought to the table today, he along with, um, you know, with Ball. Man, you guys are right with that defensive effort because both of them together, man, they brought it. I mean, the steals they were getting, the deflections they were getting, I said, man, and they showed us down the stretch that, hey, they can still sustain that type of defensive effort throughout the game. No, that's a great point. And also, too, that collapsing defense that they put on Bay in that fourth quarter. I thought that was huge. I also liked the ball movement in that fourth quarter. That shit was nice. They were swinging that shit around the perimeter. The ball yeah. wasn't even touching the ground, fellas. I was like, that's the shit right there that we talked about in preseason with this offense. And it flowed really nice there in that fourth quarter. Yeah, we, we know how explosive this Bulls uh, starting five can be offensively. Really, the whole team. They could, they can explode, and I just kept waiting for that. I, 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 the game was so tight, the game was so close, and you really just were waiting for like, all right, I know Zach's gonna turn it up. All right, I know Demar is gonna go off and score like eight straight. De- Detroit, I give them credit. They made it tough on the Bulls. The referees made it tough on the Bulls. We were out <laughs> eight on five tonight, but we overcame that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's true though. But look, man, like great, great team win. Um, and like I said, they it was impressive. They put their stamp down that they are going to be a hell of a defensive team. And, and shout out to Zach for that block. Did you see that closeout? Yes, sir. Yeah. Zach, uh, block that, man. Zach's coming for defensive first team. I'm telling you. First, second, third, something. He definitely looked ready. He that was all that was not all talk from what he was talking about wanting to be better on the defensive side of the ball because he looked really good out there. And them grown man rebounds that he was grabbing too, Zach ready. He ready. Man, you saw the explosion press to those rebounds he was getting. I said, sheesh, this kind of effort is what you like to see from Zach. That's growth. It really is. It really is. So the Bulls went on that 15-4 run to close out the Pistons, got that W. But one area that I hope that they clean up going into the next game is the turnovers. They turned the ball over way too much in this ball game tonight. Yeah, they took the ball over a lot for sure. Sometimes overpassing, sometimes being too aggressive. Need to slow it down, play a little bit under control. But you're right, Perez, that kind of hurt us too, along with us just having some miscommunications when it came to the defense when rotating. So we clean those two things up, few things up, we'll be fine. Yeah, way too many turnovers for my liking, but you know that's not going to be the case every game. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Donovan's right right now thinking of ways to, to minimize that. They're going to go over, you know, just simple Simple mistakes. And you got to keep in mind, they were on the road, too. So they need to see an environment like that. Because last year, when the season kicked off, there were no fans. So now you got an arena full of uh, screaming fans that you, you know, coming at you. And you got all these new faces to incorporate. I'm just glad they weathered the storm and got out of there with a W. 
Yes, sir. Starting the season 1-0. It's all we could ask for. Looking forward to this bull season so much. Fellas, final segment time. If this city could talk. Mine is going to be shortened to the point this week. If this city could talk, it would say thank you to Candace Parker for bringing her talents back home. We appreciate you, Queen. You are the real CP3. Back to back. Let's get it. Let's get it. This city could talk. It will say the Bulls are back. They should have a pretty good season. A lot of excitement that we have for it. And man, be good to watch them this season. This city could talk. Shout out to all of the high school athletes across the state. I know we're here in fall time. Shout out to a family friend of mine, Lock Porter's varsity football team. Shout out to these guys. We're going to go out there and check out their game this weekend, first in the conference. But if the city could talk, it would say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. You got to think about it. We've been in a pandemic going on for two years now. Got to look in the mirror sometimes. Give yourself a pat on the back. Just thank, just thank yourself. Like, for real, like, thank yourself for making it through. We've experienced all types of losses, all types of ups, downs. We see the job market going crazy, people walking off the job. Throughout it all, all the adversity, you're still here. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you're still here. So, so thank you. Look in the mirror, just say thank you. Hey, that was dope. That was dope. To A-Dub's point, the Bulls are back. Going to be a great season. To your point about us and what we had to deal with during this pandemic, you're right, man. People have shown their resilience during this time. And I really, really hope that people have come out of this thing stronger than the way that they entered it. Well, audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Join our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The app is on the Android and Apple applications. We're the Chicago State of Mind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time, the GOAT. You asked all my teammates, the one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.